Well, hello there, family. You're listening to Fired Up Freedom with Steve Ryan. Fired Up Freedom, all right. Free. Fired Up Friday is now Fired Up Freedom. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Fired Up Friday. All right. <laughs> we have Ari in the house. <laughs> Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, you too. You too as well. So how are you today? How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing good. I was just telling a friend before I jumped on here about how I... Um, managed to learn a new song and put off a fire alarm in my apartment complex at this, you know, within the same hour. So I feel like it's been an interesting start to my Saturday, but I'm ready to go. And so is <laughs> my apartment complex that I woke up. So. Oh, wow. The whole, it, it went off in the whole building? Yeah. Wow. They didn't say like it came from you, right? Like to everybody <laughs> They were all looking at me. I mean, I came out holding my cat and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, it's your apartment. I'm like, oh, this is one of those times you can't lie your way out of something, right? Okay. Well, I'm glad it wasn't a fire. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you survived. And my hair is okay. Like everything's okay, you know? (laughs) Wow. And then you said you learned a new, um, like a new song. what what kind was it one of your songs or or yeah um so i actually have a patreon mm-hmm. and on my patreon like i let people put in for mental health topics they want me to talk about or if there's a song that they want me to cover and you know whatever it is i try to, to you know within reason just accommodate it and we have a super cool community on patreon it's on my website the link and everything so yeah oh wow and for those of you who are just now meeting um, Ari or Arizona, <laughs> whichever, um, she is a, a singer and definitely a very, very big advocate for mental health as well. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, you pulled up my, my thing and I was admiring my designing. It is a nice design. So right now we're looking at her website and it's like this nice it's this aqua blue, bluish, um, yeah. blue base. Blue is my favorite color. And I try to, I've been trying to like incorporate things that make me happy into all of my like designs and everything. This is actually designed by Marvin Cruz and he is incredible. And that's why every time I look at it, it just makes me happy that I have people <laughs> in my life that, that know what I want to see and, and can help me put like what's in my head into a, like an actual image, you know? Wow, I love this. Worth the Fight featuring DMG. Is that like your latest song? It's actually, it's featuring DMC of Run DMC. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> that is that is an awesome feat. And, and on your website, where can they find your Patreon so we can support you? Um, it's on a few different um, places. It's on the homepage. There's always a link to like all the different... Um, uh, things. It looks like you're on the gallery right now, which, yeah, I look amazing and making weird faces. It's 
<laughs> I don't know. Sometimes people take a picture and my first reaction is to stick my tongue out. I don't know <laughs> where that came from. Maybe it's like my teenage self coming to, to light, but um, on my contact forum, or you could go on patreon.com and just mm -hmm. look at my name. Oh, okay. And then look at Arizona Lindsay. I like the name Arizona Lindsay. Thanks. You know, I, that's why I go by Ari for short. Cause sometimes people can't help, but think that I'm either from Arizona or something. It's like, no, it's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Patreon. Well, I guess cool. It's got the same thing. You got the membership levels. Wow. Some, it can be like $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. I mean, for those of you watching and listening, like this would be a great, great Patreon to check out. Like, wow. So, um, Wow. Incredible. And I have heard your music and I have to say you have a nice voice. I like it. It's, it's almost like you, um, you have a way of like singing. I don't want to say like just singing emotions, right? It's deeper than that. It's almost like you know how to just relate to people. Like it, it like you can feel what you're going through when, when you're singing, that's how it feels like you can't help, but like feel it. <laughs> I think for the good and the bad, I can relate to a lot of different things and yeah. I try to use my music as a way to like, <clears throat> not just connect with people, but specifically people who might feel alienated about their emotions or things that they might be going through. Um, because I think some of the time, you know, I have more like general songs that are more like poppy and, and whatnot uh, that right. I think relate to a bigger population. But mm -hmm. then I have something like the desired way, which is about, grieving somebody who is both loving and abusive at the same time, which I think we underestimate just how much people can relate to that. So it's, it's a weird community of people, but everybody just is the most empathetic and com compassionate group. And I just think that that's what I love about the music I'm doing is who it brings together. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, um, and then like your, your recent album, al sorry, tongue twisting <laughs> your recent album, the process, like what inspired that album? Um, so the process is a concept album, which I feel like we don't have that many concept albums anymore, <laughs> but, um, like I just aged myself. Right. But, um, it's a concept album about going through life-changing trauma and entering into the trauma recovery process. And I think that, um, you know, going from the beginning of dealing with the onset of a more debilitating trauma disorder, um, even though it doesn't like talk about that necessarily in the songs, that's what I was dealing with was really in intrusive and intense flashbacks, depression, suicidality, um, going into track five, where it finally comes to a point where I'm just bluntly talking about, you know, taking my own life and trying to make the decision of what, what to do. And I don't think that I ever was able to have the privilege to make that decision with the right resources, but getting the help that I needed involuntarily at first, um, pushed me in a direction to write the end of track five, which is in a revised version of the beginning. So the beginning is like this, like just devastating cognitive distortions about life and recovery. And, you know, if I'm not going to get, if I'm not better by now, I'm never going to get better. And I wrote that at 23 and I'm thinking now I'm like, Oh my God, like 
yeah, I had some back pain, but like you haven't seen the rest that life has to offer yet. And um, writing the end of that track and going all the way to what now is the bonus track featuring Daryl McDaniels of DMC and being able to write about and encourage other people to keep their life and to keep pushing um, feels like the most cathartic process I could think of. Wow. I find it incredibly like inspirational that you you have the courage and vulnerability enough to to express what you've gone through, you know, because a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people have this stigma when it comes to mental health and things. And, and I'm so glad to see so is so many things coming out like what you're doing that is helping to try to eliminate that stigma so people can feel comfortable and safe. Like, okay, hey, I'm depressed. Hey, this is what I'm going through. Hey, you know what? I'm going through this. It's okay. It doesn't make me like bad, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I applaud that. Like I'm, I'm a super, super big fan of what you're doing. Like, I think it's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and you, and you, um, you partner with this, um, like something called beauty after bruises. Can, um, can you tell us a little bit about that organization? Yes. So I'm so excited to tell you about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I actually <laughs> found out about Beauty After Bruises in the most mm-hmm. organic, honest way. I had just gotten released um, from like almost a two-month hospitalization. It was my first time being in trauma treatment. Um, so it was much more of like a stabilization kind of thing. And the diagnosis that I was dealing with, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, mm-hmm. or CPTSD, was really n- new to me, even as someone who... It, has been in academia for mental health for over seven years. And so I was like, I didn't understand what that really meant in terms of like the rest of my life. You know, does this mean that the rest of my life is going to be managing symptoms? And I felt very, I actually felt really alienated, which is like crazy because I was going to school for mental health and I'm, I'm with all these other counselors in training. And then I'm going home and thinking, wait a minute they don't think this way. They don't, they don't, they don't have these problems. Like, I guess I thought so much of my life was normal that I learned was either trauma or abuse or mental health issues. And I like never coded it that way. I just coded it as this is what it feels like when you feel lonely and it's normal to hurt yourself. And it's, and it's like, to me, the things that are never talked about felt I mean, what else can you make of them? They're just part of your life. And so I started Googling complex PTSD and like, is is there anyone out there that isn't just in a hospital? Um, Because that's all I had met so far. And I came across their website and I immediately put together a benefit concert. I didn't really know that much about them yet. I knew that they helped people with CPTSD afford treatment. And if I had known about them when I first needed to go to the hospital, that would have been so helpful because I had to wait six weeks sitting on suicide watch before my insurance could find a place for me to go and do like a private agreement and all this other stuff, which was more traumatizing than you can even imagine sitting in that mindset, not eating, not sleeping, not getting out of bed, feeling like you're dead in a live body. And then I'm looking at this company, I'm sorry, this organization who you could reach out to and say, I'm not okay. I need help. I need resources. And they answer people so quickly. So like I said, I put together this small benefit concert and 
I never reached out to them because I was too nervous to, um, even though I was open about my diagnosis and the fact that I was doing this stuff for them until two, two, three years later. And I said, how can I get involved in a more helpful way? If I had all the money in the world, I'd give it to you, but I don't. So what can I do? And I learned that they just needed more voices. They just need more people getting online and saying, here are the symptoms of CPTSD. And if you think you relate to this, go check out this website. They have resources for you to look at. It's not just this runaround of, oh, you're suicidal, call the suicidal help, you know, helpline. It's, you know, if you feel suicidal all the time and you've been in treatment already, now what? And there is actually help past that and it does get better. And there's an entire community of people ready to tell you that. And that um, getting emotional, just like thinking about it, but they're, they're just, they're so worth your time. Even if you don't, if you haven't been through trauma like that, or you, you know, they're still worth your time because they are saving lives in a lot of ways. Wow. I I can feel the passion as you're talking about it. Like it is, it's incredible. And for you to, to want to be, for you to be someone who is helping other people with mental health, but yet going through it, I, I think that that is going to give you and has given you like insight of how someone is thinking when they're going through it. And I really feel like it's going to help you to like even reach people even better than maybe other scenarios would have because you can relate even more. And it shows like it definitely shows through your music and it, and it definitely shows through your voice. So I just want to say from all the community, like we're proud of you, like you know what you're doing really like it's because it's amazing because you have to understand, like it's so many people who are just like they have more self-centered causes. They're not looking to help people, but you actually want to help people. And it shows like. I I really hope your Patreon kicks up because like you deserve it. Like really for real, like I'm just going to put it out there. That's going to kick up. You're going to have a great career. You're going to be awesome. Like an awesome voice to to help, you know, people deal with mental health. I strongly, strongly feel and believe that like for real, you know, (laughs) like I I just, wow. So in the, (laughs) okay, let me get refocused because I'm getting all emotional to myself. Um, yeah, and so and so you were um you were you were a winner of like the Gold Coast um Art Center like for the for the big break your big break competition like and and had some like awesome performances and then how did it feel like when you when you experienced that like did that what am I trying to ask you like how did that how did you feel when you you know to be honored with that like that seems pretty cool I get asked that often and I think it's because it was such a milestone in my career. Right. Um, You could tell that I've been in treatment in Louisiana for too long. My like voice just swung in this weird direction. Um, But the reality is that um, unfortunately winning that competition was two weeks before um, I ended up trying to go through with um, with giving into a lot of my suicidal ideations and before my first hospitalization at a trauma facility following that. And um, the thing is about that competition is, is that there were so many things about it that were so amazing before 
Like I didn't think I was going to win and I didn't actually even do it to win. I, I knew that there were some really cool people judging the competition. Um, there was, you know, uh, Donnie and Matt from the Wolf studio, which is on Long Island, very well-known studio. Um, there was Brim, uh, Brimstone, who's like a renowned entrepreneur who I also ended up working with following the competition just because he loved me so much when we met and, and Rick Eberly, like there were just so many amazing people. And my goal was, I know I'm not going to win. I'm going to go up. I'm just going to do the best performance I can and show them what I am capable of. And then maybe one of them would want to work with me after. And when they called my name, cause I won, I didn't even get up because I thought like, I, I wasn't ready. Like I did not understand what was happening. And, and my, my dad was like nudging me, like, get up. And I was like, no, what's, I don't understand. And I was, I think I was so malnourished at the time and so depressed that the entire time I was on stage um, performing, I was going between the emotions of the song to saying in my head, smile and don't pass out. Don't pass out, don't pass out. And just thinking, you know, I know it's not going to like be a prolonged uh, feeling before it happens. And I was passing out pretty often around this time. So um, for my eating disorder. And so I think when they called my name to get the award, I was like, really? Why? And just, and, and looking back at it, um, those were just the most beautiful people that I have had the opportunity to meet. And I think it still is one of the biggest milestones in my career, but it also holds a milestone in my recovery as well, because it's an event that I think it goes to show that when you're struggling, even the best moments of your life can feel hindered by where you're at mentally. Um, And from the outside perspective, everyone thinking like you're really happy and you're smiling and you're laughing and you just won this big thing. And then you just disappeared for months. So, yeah. Wow. That's, you know, and I, you know, and just, wow. Um, So, uh, wow. So we'll take a short commercial break and we'll be right, right back. Fired Up Freedom will be right back after these messages. Do you ever look for certain services or products and it's just hard to find and you want to know if someone else has used that before? Well, visit my resources page, steveryan.com slash resources, steveryan.com slash resources. Wow. <laughs> wow. I Like my heart goes out to you like this. Yeah, I, Wow. <laughs> Thank I didn't you. know this I, interview. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I think that the energy of sharing is so powerful because even though, you know, I use, I, I call them clinical terms because they're things yeah. that your therapist will say to you. And, and a lot of the terminology I use are things that have been said to me in therapy or in treatment or in school. Um, and so sometimes people think, you know, I intellectualize so much, but I think that that's my own guarded way of saying, you know, well, it was my eating disorder. Cause I don't like, you know, I don't go into detail about what that meant or, or what right. that looked like or what my strategies were to engage in that. Um, or, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe that yeah. wasn't the best word, but I think that even without going into those small details, it's still very vulnerable 
to use the bigger broad terms of struggling with suicide and struggling with an eating disorder and struggling. And I think that people underestimate that small amount of sharing and, and how much that can mean to somebody else who's feeling that way now and can see that I'm still here. I'm still doing interviews. I'm still releasing music. And, um, you know, I'm only getting better every day, even when it doesn't feel like it. So that's just my yeah. goal in sharing, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Cause I, I, I definitely know how you feel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I didn't, this, this is a tough one today. <laughs> so I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it, no, 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 don't be sorry. It's no, cause, cause it, it's, it's inspiring at the same time. It, it really is, you know, uh, cause I can, I can relate to how you're feeling, you know what I mean? Cause like, like, um, like my dad died and then now, you know, that, 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 the, the impact that has had on everyone in, in like my mom. And then I'm seeing, I'm seeing her going through her, her declining, you know, health. And she's doing all this preparation to, to leave this world right now. And it's like, but yet I come on here and I'm, I'm all about motivation and having to, you know, interview people and do my own singing. And, and so, and, and so to hear somebody else who, who's gone through stuff like that's, that's really hitting home for me right now, to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so, so sorry for your loss. And I, you know, just want to say that, you know, I, I resonate with having a surviving parent and feeling like surviving is a really loose term when you're looking at somebody's mental health and how it's affected them. And I just, you know, I think especially to the listeners, you know, what I would communicate to is that, you know, grief is so powerful. Um, and I think, you know, like when my mom passed, I remember going to therapy at the time for a different reason, actually. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so angry all the time. And like, I'm not an angry person and I, I've never really gotten angry, but now I'm angry. Like a waiter looked at me the wrong way. And I was like, I was about to go Brooklyn on their butt. And, <laughs> you know, my brother was like, have you heard of the stages of grief? Like, for God's sakes, girl, you're you're in school for this. And I'm like, yeah, I actually don't believe in that theory because of this peer review, you know, this and that. And I started intellectualizing and he was like, well, that's why it's harder for you to deal with because you're not, you're not looking at the, all the energy you're putting out into the world. You're trying to help people. You're trying to, to listen to their problems because that's the energy that you want reciprocated, but you can't get that until you're vulnerable and you're not going to be vulnerable until you can admit that you're affected by this and how affected you really are. And I don't like and that message never sat with me until I think two years later when I looked back at that session, because mm -hmm. I was like, that's not what I came here to talk to you about. Right. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. Me, you know, like I came here, you know, to, for a therapist, at least, you know, to tell me, how to not be angry. And you're talking right. to me about my mom. Like, what is this? Like, I was so confused. And I just think that grief is its own timeline and it affects people in very different ways. And yeah. the best thing you could do is just support each other in those ways and encourage people to seek help if it's, if it's out of hand. Right. That makes, that makes sense like that. Wow. Um, and you know, is is you know, life can just be its own beast, <laughs> you know, and it's almost like, it almost makes you wonder, like, you know, how, 
how can you, why can't you just have like these good moments <laughs> without it being connected to, you know what I mean? Like bad moments. And it's just, I, I don't know if that's a universal pattern for just some people or, you know, <laughs> some, but it's like, can it just be like a moment of just breathe? No crap happens. Let's just. <laughs> and I, I, I won't lie. I'm going to say this as like a more objective, maybe more detached from my, my own emotions in it. But yeah. I have learned that it's about perspective. And I yeah. think that, um, and I can't speak for everybody that, that thinks that way. But if you've grown up, especially with childhood trauma, I think that we can only learn what what has been in front of us. And if all events are somewhat connected, like, for example, going through a breakup brings up loss and grief. It's really hard to have gone through a severe loss and grief like a parent and then go through a breakup. And for those emotions, especially if you didn't process them that much, to not then come up. And so the reaction, and this is, you know, a really big symptom of CPTSD in particular, but when the re- reaction is much bigger for the situation at hand, um, but it is equivalent to the reaction you maybe should have had or did have or could have had at the time of the trauma, um, it makes more sense. And it, you know, it's like the floodgates start to open because you're like, I'm losing this relationship. I'm, I'm losing something. And there's what I would refer to as an emotional flashback because right. you're thinking of the last time you grieved. And the truth is, is you lost so much more in that situation. And so to other people, they're like, this is just a breakup. And in your body, you're feeling so destroyed over this because it's not just the breakup. Now it's all these other events that you felt grief over. And so I think that when when events start to relate to each other in that way, of course, it would be hard to experience good moments without tying them to what happened after in the past. Because right. if you're like, oh, wow, this person's so sweet. Think about the last time you were intimate with someone where they right. did they end up hurting you, you know. And so I think it helps to um, to say that it's about perspective and being in the present. But I think that that's a really challenging process of being grounded mixed with processing the past when you are feeling okay enough to do that. That makes so much sense. Like, wow, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, it, you know, it, it, it definitely is apparent that you've, you've gone through um, a lot of, you know, work and getting yourself to this balanced place. And even though you may still be dealing with it, like, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like it's opening up the doorway to, it's okay. It's okay where we are. If there's something going on, you know, mental wise, anxiety wise or whatever, or whatnot, but we can find a way to still get through it. And I I feel like that's the message that's coming through. um, As I'm hearing you, like you found a way to still keep moving forward. And I, I, I think that is so incredible. Like you're definitely like, an inspiration, you know, for me now, like, you know, like, you know, cause hearing it is, it's one thing if somebody just read about someone, but to actually have a conversation and actually hear it and feel your energy, like real time is, is definitely a different impact. You know, you're not just Arizona Lindsay that I'm reading about, like you're actually Arizona Lindsay that I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling what you've gone through. I'm feeling like all this empathy, like of, of, you know, 
all the all the things that you had to do to fight just to I hate to use the word normal because what is normal, but for just explanation's sake, the fight just to get to a range of normalized place and to be able to talk about it and 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 to be willing to share and to be willing to like help others through your talks and through your music, that's incredible. Like I I wish you so much success, like really, for real, because I, I don't see a selfish artist here. I, I see someone who wants to like I don't even, I feel like, yes, the music is there, but I feel like even more than the music, like you want to find a way to be a platform to reach more people, to to help them. That's what I feel from you. Like it's there. I care so much more about having a voice um, than anything else that would come with it. Like I was actually, I was just talking about this yesterday on um this interview, they were asking me, like, if you reached all of your goals as an artist, like, what would you do? And I was saying, you know, I think that something that Taylor Swift said a little bit ago in in an interview, she was talking about this negative idea of when women want fame or they want money and and this idea of like greediness versus wanting success when it is a man. And one of the reasons I just related to that is because how much I've put off talking about the financial compensation that does come with success. And the difference is, is like when I was talking about it in this interview, there was a part of my, I think I responded how, how I would have responded like without overthinking it. And then I was just sitting on it afterwards. Like why, what came up for me in that moment? And I realized that I was so worried about what people would think. But the reality is that the things that I want, that I think of when I think of, financial stability, like having more people on Patreon, having more shows booked, doing more, whatever. I think of things like paying for treatment for people who are literally getting kicked out and are not stable enough to be leaving hospital, but because their insurance decided they don't need that anymore uh, or that they never needed it. Or I think of the people that are in my personal life who should be in treatment and feel like that they can't because their job. So I think collectively, you know, when I think of stability, I think of having a roof over my head and not being homeless again. I think of helping people with other things. And I just feel like there's not enough people. There's nothing wrong with wanting things for yourself at all. I mean, like I'm sure I'd buy a lot more cats, but like, you know, (laughs) like I'd be able to take care of them and give them a house and, and probably overindulge into like adopting, but like, (laughs) I would want to run like foster homes that have private bathrooms for a certain amount of people, um, you know, like where they're not all sharing the same bathroom or, or things that I think are important. And I think that that's, that is what sets me apart because I don't think that people are investing into me as a person. I think they're investing into what I want to do. And I hope that there's just more people out there that whether it's me or not, another artist or another person trying to do those things, like go and donate to beauty after bruises. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter as long as it's bringing attention to the things that do matter. Well said, like, yes, that's wow. And, you know, coming from that is something you mentioned um, just now. You said that, you know, when, when you were in a previous interview that they were, you know, they were wondering, you know, about your music goals, 
what are what are some things that you would like to see musically happen for you? Now that the cat's out of that bag. <laughs> um, musically, I um, I definitely want to start doing like like bigger shows. Like I love the Long Island scene. I play a lot of dive bars and restaurants. Um, and I reach more people that way, but I would like to reach bigger audiences and be able to, you know, just meet more people doing what I do. And I think it's hard because I still sometimes fall into this place of like, you know, if someone wants to book me for a talk or they want to book me for, um, just talking about mental health or something like that. I would love to always say yes, but I'm always like, if you have a budget for that, you should be paying somebody who has their doctorate and, and can tell you things from someone like Marshall, you know, Lenahan, who can talk from a personal perspective and a professional perspective more than me. And I, uh, I just, I want to be doing bigger shows. I want to be, you know, having more streams and, and stuff like that. Um, and I want to definitely learn from the artists that inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing, like Taylor Swift or, uh, Jack Antonoff. Um, I know they work together all the time and, um, I don't know, people like that. Like, I just want to learn more about how to be a better songwriter. I'm just trying to get better every day, I guess. Maybe eventually take some singing lessons and learn how to like do things properly, I guess, and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're doing great because number one, you, you're, you connect to people so well, um, like for sure. And even if somebody had like all the technique in the world, if they're not connecting, it's, it's just not, you know, (laughs) and then the fact that you want to like improve yourself, like that is, that's awesome. And I, I really feel like that's why I just have a feeling you're going to be one of those people. You're going to, you're going to reach your different levels of success because that's what it is. Cause I, I, I see you as ever evolving, you know, and the fact that you want to help people, like they're going to see that if somebody like this talks to you just for a minute, like they can tell that you have a lot of heart, like it, it's, it's, it's there. And so I really, I, even, even your music goals is like, it still ties back to helping people. And that's, that's an amazing thing, like, <laughs> especially in, in, you know, as, as a music artist, songwriter, and as a, a inspirational um, mental health conduit, <laughs> I see you as a mental health highway, like someone who, and you know, and the thing is like, even if somebody had a doctorate, that, that doesn't mean that somebody can't relate to you because one, you've already experienced. And to me, like, when people get, and this is just my opinion, you know, I know a lot of people may disagree, but I, I, it's nothing wrong with education, but you, you do have a doctorate. You do have, regardless of whether it's not an official one from a university, you have a doctorate because you actually went through it. You survived it and you've overcome it and you're finding ways to learn and implement. So in my book, you're just as valuable as someone who has a doctorate, as far as I'm concerned, because when you're talking like it's, you're, you're talking from a place of non-judgment and you're talking from a place of here's what I went through, but I'm going to separate myself from what I went through so I can be objective enough to explain what I went through and to also let you know I'm still human. I'm still working on it. That takes a lot. Do you know how much work that takes for someone to actually do? Like, you're awesome. 
<laughs> like you're really, like really? So sweet. you're making my eyes tear up. I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like, oh my god, my wing is gonna like start dripping down my face. Like, that's gonna be. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and you know, and, and I just, you know, I feel like it's very important to go with the flow of the universe because I understand typical, you know, somebody come on and you you would expect everything to be talked about how you know talk about the music talk about this thing. but i feel like what you've said and what you've shared whoever is listening or watching is meant for them to hear this it was meant to like there was no plan for the conversation to go like this like at all it just <laughs> but I had no idea what i was what I was sometimes i try to if i watch too much of like i used to do that when i started interviews i'd watch their, you know, episodes or I'd listen to, you know, and then I noticed that I was starting to over prepare. Like my anxiety was like jumping uh, off. So what are you going to say if they ask you this? And I realized that <laughs> the, the version of my brain that is over strategic and over calculated um, isn't the same part of my brain that's being used when I'm like genuinely like, I'd rather answer something wrong or say the wrong thing than like over plan ahead of time. And then yeah. become a genuine fan. And that's what I try to like. I try to think, you know, they're seeing me for the first time. What can I do to not think about winning them over? Because if I think right. like that, I'm not going to be myself. My, the version of myself is more awkward than that. And like, they're not going to get to see the real me if I think too much about it. So it's, I guess I try to come in to everything that I do, whether it's writing, co-writing with another artist. Like if I listen to their you know, music or something like that. Um, it gives me an idea of, you know, what I'm going to be doing. But, you know, when I work with Nashville artists, I always go in and I'm like, they'll say something funny, like, oh, that's such a New York thing. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, the twang in the second phrase wasn't really like, you know, my idea, but, <laughs> like, you know, we always have to, I think learn, we can learn so much from each other. And yeah. I think the more that people can see that and see the, like, see the divine that's in each person. Someone once told me that they always try to see the divine and even the people that come off the most rude or inappropriate. And, and I always try to see that in people like, you never know what's going on in their head. Like people could easily think I'm rude. Like I have a resting face. I'm well aware of it. Um, my tone can be like super monotone, like a large majority of the time when I start producing for other musicians, I always start off by saying I can sound like a robot. Sometimes that's a me problem, not a you problem. Don't read into it. Um, and like, I just assume that everyone overthinks everything, even though <laughs> they're probably normal and healthy. And I'm like, just so you know, <laughs> if I do this hand signal, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is, is like, um, is because you relate to people and you, you, and you relate to the fact that like, not that we can control how people perceive us, but like you're wanting to make sure that you've eliminated you as a source, you know, if possible. <laughs> you know, that's I'm how like, it is. for a different reason, but genuinely, this is just my awkward. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, sometimes when someone doesn't like me, I, you know, I used to kind of obsess over it. Um, yeah. I used to question, you know, what, what did I do to contribute to this perception? And nowadays, I'm kind of like, if they didn't say it to me, or they didn't say it in a nice way to me. It's not my problem. And, right. you know, I can always introspect and do that work by myself, but that's not their business. And I don't have to share that with them, especially if they're, they're, you know, aggressive or something like that. Yeah. But I always try to think, you know, 
ahead of time, like, you know, you have the tendency to do that and you have the tendency <laughs> to do this, you know, could that be it? And then eventually I get to this conclusion of if they want to have, you know, if they want to say something like, you know, well, you said this or you did that, you know, then, then I'll have a conversation. But I think a majority of the time I do try to think about what other people think. And I try to take that feedback in rather I choose to share that with them or not depending on, I think, the source. Like, especially professionally, if someone's like, wow, she's like, she's a lot of energy. I'm like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. And then if someone's like, she's too much energy, I'm like, well, I'll put that in the back of my head for the next time we're sitting in a room together. But I can't, you know. I can't change how much I love dinosaurs and talking about random things that are not related to what we're doing. You know, I can only try. <laughs> well, you know that saying, opinions are like, you know what, everybody has one. <laughs> they really do. It's so, it's so hard to be in a place, I think, in life where you just don't care what other people think. And I'm yeah. still waiting for me to be in that place. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever be in that place. I think I, I, I don't want to say never, but I just don't know that my brain works in that way. I think it's learning to take things into consideration without adjusting yourself to, to change for someone else's liking, because then you're not you. And like, what do you have to offer if you're not you, you know? Oh, I love that. What do you have to offer if you're not you? Wow. (laughs) That, that may be your thumbnail. <laughs> I should add that to my website. Like, start putting yeah. posts that I said. That won't look pretentious at all, but like, I'll just be like, yeah, well, I must have this. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this semester is, but yeah. That's a very powerful statement, though, because like people being honest is a, a, it's a huge deal. And, you know, pretty much like when somebody is honest, they can. I just feel personally like it just helps people process things and and go through their life in a, in a um, what's the word? I don't want to say in a better perspective because what's better in a more strategic perspective. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like the more honest they are, the more they can they can navigate better because then they'll be honest about what's affecting them, what's not affecting them, how to move forward, like and just really being real with themselves. That's so incredible. <laughs> yeah, you got to learn to tell on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you're tattling and you're a little kid, you got to learn how to turn to your friend and be like, I'm lying to you right now. Yeah, no, it's not good. Like, you know, or whatever it is that, that it's about, you know, learning to tell on yourself, I think is like a talent that I am trying to, you know, I don't know. My therapist is always like, you're so good at telling on yourself. You just don't care. Like, I'll be like, <laughs> if I'm struggling with my eating disorder, he'll ask me a question about something, and I'm like, "Uh huh." He's like, "Okay, um, what does that mean?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm lying to you right now, so I can't really think of a smarter answer." And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like, I appreciate your honesty. Can we talk about that?" Um, you know. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think I've gotten better at learning that if you don't say it, no one's really gonna know. Yeah, gonna that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like have anybody told you that you're funny too like <laughs> because it's a- <laughs> people tell me you know i think it's partially a compliment but they're like you should have been a comedian and i'm like what's wrong with my music and they're right. like no, no, no. <laughs> but you know when i'm on stage i'm a lot less funny like yeah i think it might be the dive bar scene you know but i'll tell <laughs> it a joke i'll i think the jokes are different like i'm good at talking about real things 
Right. If I'm at a dive bar, I'll be like, you know, like, why can't you see elephants hiding in trees? And everyone's like, why? I'm like, because they're really good at it. And then I wait for everyone to laugh. And when no one laughs, I'm like, they paid me to sing. I'll just sing. It's fine. So, <laughs> you could have been a comedian. I'm like, You're, you've never seen a live show of mine, have you? They don't like my bad jokes. <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. Well, we'll take a small, small commercial break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Fired Up Freedom will be right back after these messages. Do you ever look for certain services or products and it's just hard to find and you want to know if someone else has used that before? Well, visit my resources page, steveryan.com slash resources, steveryan.com slash resources. All right, we're back from commercial. Wow, this has been a very, very awesome um, conversation. And I know it went a direction we probably didn't plan, but I think it's going to be really, really, really helpful. And just thank you for just being you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, and, and uh, well, before, I know we're about to wrap up, but like, um, before we are, I, I think I read somewhere where it says like you're building, you're building like your team, like you're building a production team and everything. Um, is there anything you want to come in about on about that or anything or? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I try to take every project as a new one and I always try to look at each project and say like, who can help and offer um, their expertise and their proficiencies on this. And some of the people that I work with on a lot of projects would be um, amazing producer, performer, writer, um, and per- like speaking person. I don't, I can't think of the word, but his name is Wa, And he's super well known for working um, with Amy Winehouse and George Clinton. He's just incredible. And um, Matt Slider, who is at Audio Workstations, and we're always doing work out of Audio Workstations because it's just such a great facility. And Matt is also a great co-producer and engineer and uh, and my endorsements. Um, I love working with them. They're, they are a part of my team in a lot of ways, which would be AMI guitars and retro stage. Um, so whenever you look at me and I'm not wearing someone else's clothes like Goldilocks, um, <laughs> Usually I'm wearing my retro stuff. And and if you think I have good fashion, the answer is no. I just work with retro. So. <laughs> I love that. Like, I don't have good fashion. It's just retro. Like, that is, like, the best endorsement ever. Them, right? <laughs> wow. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. And you're welcome back, like, anytime you want. Like, you've been so awesome. well that wraps it up for this edition of fired up friday (laughs) running from myself at times i can't describe the words i try